Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't Screen Beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential Screen Beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, fresh and tasty off the presses. What? But that's... No, that's not... Can I call them Screen Beans now? Fine. Screen Beans! So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Because you're a whole Screen Beans now. Welcome back, Sarah Killers, for the second part of a random two-part series, I guess. I don't know, where we are taking a, a dive into the lost files of media. So last time we talked to Kingdom Hearts, the animatic that just came to light. And after almost three decades, literally 30 years, back in September, finally, an incredible, incredible vlogger from YouTube named uh, Ray Mona who is absolutely incredible, go watch her content right now, has a two-part documentary about hunting down the Western world of Sailor Moon. And the first part came out about six or seven months ago. And then in September, she released a second part where working with different uh, avenues and the Library of Congress found a ton of footage, like almost the entirety of the the test pilot for what was going to be sub, what they what she has dubbed Saban Moon. So when Saban was going to adapt Sailor Moon, which is a Toei product from Japan for a Western American audience, it was going to be half live action, half animated, with all the action like Sailor Moon stuff happening in animation and all the like fun teen girl part of it happening in live action. So. A few years ago, a video of somebody taping a television, playing a VHS copy of like a sizzle reel that was released in the early 90s of like upcoming products. And um, media had this like song that I guess was going to be the theme song, uh, like playing through and all these like girls bopping around, but then all these like poorly drawn very two-dimensional like sailor fighters and so they were being called the sailor princesses or the princess soldiers something ridiculous and they looked nothing really like their japanese counterparts and they looked the animation is the same style as like he-man and mashes the universe so like the backgrounds are very flat all the bodies are very kind of the same shape um like they've kind of poorly traced over both the original Sailor Moon, but also like photos of the girls. And so that's pretty much all we've had to go off of for about 30 years. And the people that worked on it, it got lost along the way. Like it just, it's disappeared until Ray Mona has tracked everything down. Um, I'm probably going to do it an episode that's just talking about the like intricacies of the documentary and kind of what she went through. But today... I'm just going to talk in a review style of if that had been the pilot, if that had been actually the first episode we were going to get of the Saban Moon, as I will also continue to call it. Um, and ooey, is it something else? So it starts off giving us the background of like 
this galactic force Queen Beryl, which has the same name that she would be known as in the U.S. version when it would get dubbed by Deke, uh, captured the crystals of the outer planets. So my favorites, you know, <laughs> Uranus, uh, Neptune, Pluto, and um, Saturn. And that is where she was holding her dark court. And she wanted to capture the crystals of the inner planets um, in the moon. But Earth doesn't seem to have a crystal. I've never understood, but it's fine. It's in the Japanese, too. Um, and so the moon kingdom makes a treaty with the other planets. And their daughters all come together to be these soldiers. And... Uh, Sailor Moon, which is the girl's name that's actually her name, which I think is so funny, uh, is to marry Darien, the prince of the earth. So a lot of the things that ended up getting kept, like the names and stuff, it all kind of ended up getting kept in the Deke version. Um, and so we see their wedding, and on their wedding day, Beryl plans an attack, and Queen Serenity has to give her daughter the magical locket, and they're sent away from... Uh, oblivion as they call it into another dimension which is our dimension and they all have these what do we call them sky flyers so clearly making product early on Luna is a fluffy white cat uh, so kind of combining that idea of Artemis and Luna it's a very racially diverse group which I think is very clue including Sailor Mercury who is red-haired and is in a wheelchair so she's kind of permanently in this wheelchair that turns into her sky flyer as well um so that is very cool but it's also very 90s in so many ways and so we see them going through oblivion and then we see her as a girl Veronica at school and the Sailor Scouts pop into her room and they're like, did you forget? Oh, and she's like, oh, the dance. So, of course, it's the 90s. we got to talk about a dance. It's, you know. And so then we get the montage, which is what we see a lot of in the music video from that kind of original trailer of the girls dancing around trying to find the perfect thing to wear to the dance. And the fashion is completely 90s. It's completely ridiculous. We don't learn anything about the girls. But, like, as they're getting ready... Um, the Luna cat, which we don't even get her name in the show, and she has this very ethereal old lady British voice. Ba ba ba. It's very soft and it's in everyone's head. Um, she was like, The citizens of the planet Jupiter are being attacked by Queen Beryl. And so they have to, like, f she transforms. Um, and so it's a kind of somewhere between what we would actually get in the 2002 or three uh, Japanese live action with the transformations. Um, which those are actually kind of the coolest part of the show. It's it's a little 3D, it's a little CGI. Um, and then they fly off back through the Oblivion portal to fight on Jupiter. So we see two battles. And instead of having the like knights that are like Nephilite, Jedi, Malachite, um, there are a bunch of robots and then recognizable Sailor Moon monsters. So like the Oni monster, the cat monster, which are in the first couple episodes of the, of the Japanese series that would eventually also be the, the, like the new Toei dub that we have. Um, and it just happens. And there's this like big lava monster thing that they have a very hard time to fight and they all use their elemental powers. They don't say their attacks, but they're eventually kind of they're essentially exactly what we have from the original sailor moon as well and then a mysterious male figure in a tuxedo with a long flowing cape throws a white rose and the rose actually gives it's like imbued with power and gives her a ton of power so she like takes on this rose power and then does the moon boomerang the the tiara boomerang um 
And yeah, again, the the bit of the episode that we actually have, which I do like to think is pretty much all that exists of it, uh, is pretty short. Um, they win the battle. The tuxedo mask character disappears. Um, we see Mercury get thrown out of her wheelchair at one point. She's the only one that doesn't use an elemental power. Like she uses like an actual like machine laser gun power. And Sailor Moon also has like an intangible like laser power. It's very strange. It's very weird. Um, and so. It, it's just strange and unusual. And like, while I understand what they were going for, uh, they then come back to Earth and then it, it uh, and they just go, who is he? Who was he? And she just goes, I never know. I have no clue. I have no clue. And then it pans back into her as a real girl in the classroom. And, and the teacher's going, Veronica, Veronica, or Vanessa. And she goes, I don't know. And everybody's like laughing and she looks around and the only people we see their faces of is the teacher and the sailor scouts. And then it like pans out and it goes to the end. So it's pretty short. Um, I then rewatched the most current dub that we just got a new dub uh, of, of Sailor Moon. I don't love the voice actors as much as the original, but the original is not great either. Uh, that Deke is real bad. They modernized too much. It just didn't work. They cut a lot of things down. They cut things up. Um, I know it's a lot of our childhoods. It's whatever. Uh, so, because I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan, but I'm a big manga fan. I love Sailor Moon Crystal, especially once they kind of worked the animation out after the first arc. Um, the original Sailor Moon, the arcs are just really, really long. There's a ton of filler, but it's super fun. I love the premise. I'm a slut for Magical Girl series. I love it. So I watched that to compare because I was like, oh, I don't necessarily remember um, what happens in in that first, the pilot episode of the anime. But then I remember that it's like, we meet her friend um, and her friend's mom is the one that becomes like the demon because Queen Beryl. And we don't really get a ton of like background, but we see Sailor Moon becoming Sailor Moon and meeting Luna and all those things. So it's, that makes a ton of sense to me that like, Sailor Moon has to wait to be reborn, where in this version, she, like, knows who she is. They're kind of continue to go back and forth through the portal to, like, fight evil and things. Like, that, to me, just doesn't work. Um, I think plot-wise, I kind of got what they were going for, but they were even dumbing it down more than, like, the basic plot of the original Sailor Moon, which, like, kids aren't dumb, and especially 90s kids, we were throwing some pretty advanced concepts through, like, 80s movies, and things were, like, while things were super simple, but also because Power Rangers had done well, I guess they were looking at this adaptation, but it just wasn't working for me. I've even got to say with the 2003 live action Japanese Sailor Moon, it's one of those stories that I don't necessarily need as a live action. Like, and especially if they're going to combine the live action with the animated, like just animate the whole damn thing. The animation is rough. I get that it was like a pilot, like they were shooting to sell it. Everybody online immediately reviewed this and like ragged it and whatever. But like, it is bad. Like the animation is bad. There is almost no story. They took the like talking points from the Japanese show and just kind of made it fluffy. I don't know how long they could have made the show physically go for. The, the plot's not good. The actresses were doing their darndest. They're all beautiful. I did love that they were... All like it's a very Western thing to do. Where in uh, in anime they really focus in on like Western looks. Um, there is a bit of a fetishization of the idea of being Western and blonde and all these things. But you know the girls all had different colors hair. But that's a very anime thing, and I will 
I will die for the designs of Sailor Moon. I think they're wonderful. But I don't understand. Americans are not particularly creative people when it comes to, like, adapting in the 90s. So, like, Power Rangers is fine, but, like, they hit their stride later on. And a lot of the things that would come a few years later that was really that, like, golden age of Cartoon Network animation... That was really when we were seeing animation flourish as like a really unique Western art form beyond like what Disney did in their movies. Um, and so I just, I think unfortunately it's better that this Saban Moon didn't get made because it just missed the mark so much. And I think they would have lost all hope of it ever really hitting the States really well successfully. Um, and so I'm glad it, you know, it only took like another year or two and they just kind of dubbed the uh, Deke just dubbed the Japanese version which I think worked out so much better and then we got the Cartoon Network dubs and then we've got the new dubs but we got Sailor Moon Crystal like Sailor Moon has been going continually for years like she's always been popular she's just kind of a gold standard of what I love I love that Universal has like live Sailor Moon stuff in their parks you can go see the musicals I think this just if we're being subjective that it it just was not good storytelling the, the art of the animation was not of the quality that like you should aim for. And I think just there was no point in the story that they were trying to tell. Um, and so, you know, I, I never wanted to be like, it's bad. Blah. I don't think it was an effective adaptation of a Japanese source material where the Japanese source material was so good. Even, you know, because it is for kids. Like at the end of the day, it is kids. It is a teen girl anime. Like it is what it is. Not everything has to be for you. But this is just one of those moments that I'm going, you know, I love what we have. And I'm so glad that this didn't get released and hinder that. Um, but I'm also so thankful for someone like Raymona, uh, I believe her name is Raven, going through and doing this work. Like she literally did the work on her own and like funded a lot of this that like research teams do for years and most fans would not have had the time, energy or, or do. And so like I commend her so much for this. So... I highly recommend everybody, please go watch her two documentaries, the two parts. It is quite a long time. You're looking at probably about three and a half hours of media. Um, and then the pilots, maybe 11 and a half minutes. And it is it is in the last like 25 minutes of her second part. But watch the whole thing. Also, because it shows you kind of what happens when media just disappears. Um, I've, I'm going to talk about this over on a new series that's coming out in January uh, following a series called Are You Being Served? Which a lot of things with the BBC, anybody that's a fan of Doctor Who knows, sometimes things just go missing. They burn up. They When, <laughs> when companies don't make a product, they... It's, they're already at a loss for whatever they spend on it. It's at a loss. So most of the time, they're not even going to save it. So we're so lucky that these exist. And I mean, as people have maybe know before from listening to our Sailor Moon episode, I am lucky and own a couple of the animation cells from this version because for me, it is a huge part of Sailor Moon history. It is just incredible to me, and it's very, very special. And so I hope it's special for all of you. So... Again, that's just a reminder, please go watch Raymona's two parts. Watch this. Let me know what you think. But again, being subjective, I don't want to just be one of those fans that are like, Bleh, it's so bad. But honestly, I have to give this like, if we're looking at five, a one out of five. I respect what they were trying to do, especially with like the racial diversity, keeping them all female. I just, 
it didn't work for me and I'm really glad it didn't happen, but I am so thankful that we have this to look back to really appreciate it. Uh, remember all of Sailor Moon, including, including Sailor Moon stars, like it's so cool. We finally have an awesome dub of stars is all available on Hulu. It's really cheap. Go do it. I know Disney owns Hulu, whatever, but like, I'm thankful for Sailor Moon. I'm thankful for all of you all for doing what you do and coming and listening to the show every week. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do more of these as more lost media comes out. I hope you enjoyed our review of the 2022 Monster High movie. It also is is what it is, but I am also glad that exists. I hope you enjoyed our recap of Kingdom Hearts. What are some other lost media that's come up that you really think that you would like me to cover or talk about? But until then, I'll see you next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com. We're also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV CertainPOV.com